Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, and uh, thank you guys so much for joining me um, this evening. No matter where you are in the world today, I'm thankful that you're here, and I uh, sure do appreciate everybody's um, support. So I want to talk to you guys about globalists have a plan for us. I bet you kind of figured that out by now. Ukraine is, of course, warning of a possible radioactive leak. And uh, we got a little bit more to talk about. First, I want to open up with some scripture tonight. So this is Sunday. This is the day of the Lord. And uh, we must praise and honor him. And so I give glory to God every day that I can. And so let's check out what he's got to say to us this evening. So this is out of Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It says, Fear God, keep your vows. So walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to, flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams, in many words, there is also vanity. But fear God. So uh, fear God, folks. That's the moral of the scriptures tonight. So, um, you know, like some people always say, oh, I promise God I'll never do this again if you just get me out of this mess. And then what do they do? They do it again, right? So I think God is telling us, don't make a promise that you can't keep, right? Don't promise God something and then don't do it. So that's pretty serious. So anyway, let's jump into some articles this evening, folks. So uh, the nuclear power plant there in Ukraine, the one that I cannot um, pronounce, the Zaporizhia, whatever power plant, uh, is warning of risks of hydrogen radioactive leaks following damage to this plant. Uh, this is a continuous shelling from Russia. Uh, and so they've got that going on. And so they said at this point in time, if it continues, I mean, it could put, I mean, it could be worse than the Chernobyl uh, incident of 1986. And so, you know, whoo, my goodness, guys. That's what it says. So shelling on or near the ZNPP, which is that, you know, the uh, the power plant there has increasingly threatened Ukraine's nuclear security in recent weeks. And officials have warned that the damage to Europe's largest nuclear power plant could prompt a catastrophe greater than the 1986 Chernobyl disaster. Folks, you can check the article out at foxnews.com, foxnews.com. But they have got it back onto the power grid. And so I guess that is a good thing. Uh, but yes, so uh, folks, pay, pray for those people over there in Ukraine, I'm telling you, and in Russia. So, you know, the world is, is very tense. Uh, there's wars and rumors of wars. And we have, uh, of course, Iran is threatening to use nuclear, you know, nuclear weapons. Of course, we know they probably already have them. And of course, we have bumbling Biden in the White House that has given them this new Iranian deal, which was far worse than the one uh, previous to that, which was an Obama plan. And so, folks, oh, Lord, we need to be praying right now because I, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it's getting so bad so fast that I look for Lord Jesus Christ to come back any minute any minute 
And I pray that when I lay my head on the pillow tonight, that you know what? That trumpet's going to sound and he may call us home tonight. Wouldn't that be a blessing? If you guys watch Spencer Smith, he says that a lot. What a blessing. Anyway, folks, so yeah, we're always going to be looking for that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we should always live with that expectation because his return is imminent. Imminent, which means it could happen at any moment. It could happen today. It could happen 100 years from now. It could be 1,000 years from now. Who really knows? But he also gave us signs in the Bible in Matthew 24. He told us what to look for because his disciples even came and said, Lord, Lord, what is it going to be like in the end times? Well, he told us what it was going to be like in the end times. And you know what he told us? It's like everything going on right now. That's what he told us. The apostasy of the church was the falling away. The wolves in sheep's clothing. We have the wars, the rumors of wars. We've got the earthquakes. We've got the crazy weather. We've got famine and pestilence. Everything is happening right now. And if you look at the predictions for next year, pestilence and famine is going to get worse. Folks, there are diseases popping up and viruses that were never known before, but they're coming out. They're like quick. And, I, you know, I'm telling you what, it's the Fauci's of the world. You know, it says in the Bible, it says they will even in the end days, it'll be like the days of Noah, but they'll even invent new ways to be evil. And we see that happening right now. Folks, I've never seen so much stuff in all my life. And I had a, a, th a thing come across my phone. If you guys have the news break app, you know, if you get it on your phone, it kind of gives you like news, breaking news and stuff. Um, there's one that came across in Houston, Texas. Uh, man, I tell you what, if you want to talk about evil, a man, I guess, got evicted out of this apartment complex or whatever. And uh, so he set the apartment complex on fire. And as people exited at one o'clock in the morning and as people were escaping the fire he shot them with a shotgun and killed them as they were escaping this apartment complex folks this is evil this is pure absolute unadulterated evil evil if you guys watch billy crone he had a fantastic sermon today uh go check him out at billy crone if you haven't got if you haven't got a chance to watch that he's got youtube um he's got a rumble he's on facebook and he's like getalifemedia.com getalifemedia.com go check out his website He's talking about we're going through the book of James um, and there I'm an online member. So, guys, if you're if you want to be an online member, you sure can. Uh, Pastor Bobby will take you through that class for you. Uh, go check it out if you want to. So um, anyway, he's talking about that and he talked about pornography and he talked about all kinds of stuff um, during the sermon today. And folks, you need to get out there and watch that because the United States is sin filled, wretched, putrid is what the United States is um, on what we export. We are the largest exporter of pornography. We're the largest exporter of child pornography. Um, folks, makes me sick at my absolute. It just makes me sick. And then we have drag queens and churches. And folks, if, if you don't understand what's going on, it's crazy. They'll have itching ears is what the Bible says. And they'll want people to come in and tell them like, you're just your, your best life now. And, and God just wants you to be happy, healthy, and, and wealthy. That's what God wants for you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Ask the apostles about that. Ask all of them about that. Ask the early church if God just wants them to be healthy, wealthy, and what? No, no, but that is what is being preached. And that is, that is, I'm telling you, it's a lie from the pit of hell. But the Bible says that, that these will bring in doctrines of demons into the church. And folks, you know, there's a lot of people out there going, you can't touch God's anointed or whatever, really, whatever. That's not what that scripture, they take things out of context because they don't know anywhere. They had to find a way to protect themselves or defend themselves against heresy and heretical and blasphemous views and, and, and things that they're teaching people folks they're leading these people to hell 
And if you're not angry about that, you better you better check yourself and ask yourself, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with God our Father? Do you do you think about it if you don't? Because um, you you shouldn't be calling out names. Absolutely be calling out names. You have Andy Stanley having ACDC songs played in his church and Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin and all the satanic stuff going on in his church. But, oh, that's fine. And his father, Charles Stanley, has not called him out on that. What does Charles Stanley do? He invites him on cruises to go with him on their congregation. No. Charles Stanley, I'll tell you what. I have his Life Principles Bible from like when he had wonderful books. I have the Landmines and the Path of Believer changed my life, especially on Pride. All kinds of stuff he's done. He needs to call his son out. I'll tell you what's wrong with Charles Stanley. He is a neo-evangelical. If you don't know what that is, go watch Spencer Smith. He's going to show you all about it. Go check out his um, documentaries. He's got Third Adam, Third Adam 2, and 3. Folks, whoo, you need to go check him out. Anyhow, I'm going to get off of all that. But guys, whoo, we are living in the end days. And if if you can't, if you, the church has capitulated to the world. And that, folks, is what the Bible talks about. The apostasy, the falling away from the truth, the falling away from biblical, doctrinally sound truth. They have let doctrines of demons come into the church. And here we are leading people like Primrose Path to Hell is what they're doing. Oh, you just come up here and say this little prayer, little Jimmy. Come on, little Timmy. Come on up here. Just just ask God into your heart. And that's right. You just tell, yes, sir. And you just go on and live your life of hell and you'll be just fine. That's fire insurance, little Timmy. That's a lie, folks. That is a lie. It's a lie. Most people, you know, like, well, why do I need a savior? You have to tell people why you are a wretched sinner on your way to hell. That's where you're going. We deserve hell. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. Unless you have Jesus Christ as your savior. Because people are like, why do I need a savior? I'm a pretty good person. I mean, you know, I ain't never killed nobody. You know, I, you know, I didn't invent no, no Charlie Victor 019er. You know, I didn't have done anything like that. I'm a pretty basically good person. No, you're not. The Bible says you're evil, wretched. We are. That's what. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Have you ever told a lie? Yes. If he said you hadn't, you're lying. If you've ever looked at somebody with lust, anything like this, you are separated from our holy God. One lie, one sin, it doesn't matter how little, small, or whatever you think it is. It could be as big as murder. It could be whatever. It doesn't matter. If you've sinned, you have sinned. And we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were born into sin. Thanks, Adam and Eve. No, but uh, seriously, and all I mean, it's a very serious thing. So we all need a Savior. We, all, we cannot save ourselves. I don't care how many good works you do. I don't care how much money you give to the church or how much money you give to the Pope. Or I don't care how many times you get on your knees and you stand back up. And you get on your knees and you stand back I don't care how many hell, mirror, whatever. That is all false. That is all heresy, blasphemy. You need to read your Bible and find out the truth. That's a lie. And it leads people away from, away from the true God. It leads people away from the Lord Jesus Christ is what it does. And it gives you a fake Jesus. What do you think the Antichrist is? And what, is, what does it mean when, when they said, when they, in Jude and them, it said there are many Antichrists who have come into the world. What do you think that means? 
they are like Christ. They're not against him, but they they try to imitate him. They try to, you know, so that people will follow them. And it's the it's false. It's a lie. They're leading them away from the truth. So, folks, I'm telling you, we all need a savior. Every single one of us. There's nothing we could do to earn our way to heaven. We cannot erase what we have done. You can't blot it out. You can't nothing. There has to be a blood sacrifice for that. So what Israel had to kill all the, all the lamb. That's what that is. It's a sacrifice to God. It was temporary. But Jesus Christ came and he died. He lived a perfect sinless life. He was born of the Virgin Mary. So people are like, what does that mean? Why is that important? Well, I'll tell you why. He didn't have, his father is God, the Holy Spirit. See what I mean? It wasn't Joseph. It wasn't, you know, but Mary. All right, so there's Mary and the Holy Spirit was conceived. So there you go. And then we have Jesus. He he lived a perfect, sinless life. He was all God and all man. And he came to live this, this life that we could not live. He was tempted in all ways as we were and yet without sin. So he came and he taught us. Everybody was like, oh, he was a good teacher. He was a good prophet. He was God is who he was. But he came to do what we could not do. And so he died on the cross as the as a sacrifice for us, the atonement of our sin. His blood is our atonement. So remember that. So when when you accept him as your savior, when you ask him to forgive you, when you cry out to Lord Jesus Christ, know what you're doing and what he has done for you. He took the sin upon the whole world upon him. Eli, Eli, Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what he said when he hung on the cross and took the sin upon the whole world on him. So think about it, folks. It wasn't a light thing. And how thankful we should be every single day if you are a believer. How thankful we should be praising God, giving him glory, and just thanking him. Because no matter what happens in this life, no matter what you go through, no matter what, how you suffer in this life, just think. Just think about this. One day. One day we will die. Our physical bodies will die. Our spirits and souls does not die, but our physical body will die. And we will close our eyes to this world and we will open it up to where we go next. And if you are a Christian, you will go to heaven and you will stand before the Lord. And you'll either hear, you're going to either hear two things, one of two things, folks. You're going to either hear, welcome, well done, my good and faithful servant, or you're going to hear, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. Which one do you want to hear? Because I'm telling you, we're all going to die. Everybody, unless the Lord comes to rapture us, you know, as Christians, everybody's going to die. It's appointed once to man to die. But after that, folks, you have eternity. You're going to have eternity either in heaven or you're going to have eternity in hell, separated from God forever. You make that decision. You make that decision. God knows what decision you're going to make. Because people can preach on the predestination and all this other stuff. And, you know, well, God knows what decision you're going to make. And he knows that because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows you. He made you. He created you. He did not tell you what decision to make. I do believe he gave us free will. We have free will to make the decisions that we are going to make. We're not robots. We're nothing like that. We have free will. But God knows. He didn't predict. He knows. He knows what decision you are going to make before you make it. But anyway, guys, please, before it is too late, I am, I, I, I don't know how, I, I beg you, if you have not called out to the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, 
I pray that today will be the day of salvation is what the Bible says. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't need a church. You don't need the Pope. You don't need none of that. That's all heresy. Heresy. Uh, blasphemous only if you ask me. But um, you don't need any of that. You can drive down the road right now and just say, Jesus, save me. And you know what? He will. You know what else he does? All that sin and garbage and baggage that you are dragging and carrying and weighing you down, things that you just, you know, you're just like, I can't believe I did that. I'm so dirty, filthy, whatever I lied and I, you know, I embezzled this money and whatever you've done, right? Or how, how, whatever vile sins that you have committed. Jesus, his blood washes those away. Did you know that? Jesus said, as far as the east is from the west is how far I have removed your sin and cast it away. God says, I have blotted it out and remember it no more. So remember, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're going along and all of a sudden you hit that boom and you remember like some horrible sin that you committed and you feel terrible about it. You're like, oh, man. let me tell you something. God does not remember that sin. Once you've asked for forgiveness and repented from it, he's blotted it out. So you should blot it out as well. Anyway, I didn't mean to go into all that, but hey, you know, <laughs> that's where we went. So anyway, so new video shows drag queen performing at a New York City church-affiliated high school chapel. Folks, <laughs> if this doesn't tell you where we are in the end days, I don't know what will. And you can check that out at www.cbn.com if you want to go check that out out um i am not going to uh check that out right now and uh but you guys can um so what else do we have going on so guys i don't know if you've seen this or not but a lot of uh uh eschatology uh folks are talking about this so you yeah, I, I went to the express and star.com it says beloved commonwealth games bull to remain in Birmingham after uproar. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but this is the most demonic looking thing I've ever seen. And uh, over there in Europe, they they have a lot of paganism and a lot of, basically, it looks like satanic worship. Like the, the tunnel, the Gothard tunnel, if you guys watched that, I did a video on that. I'm surprised it has not been yanked down from YouTube. Um, I did post the video to YouTube um yesterday and i it was up a total of uh, i think maybe 19 hours and they gave me a strike from uh, the one from yesterday so it is on rumble if you guys want to watch yesterday's um episode it's on uh on rumble um anyway so you see why i don't do a whole lot on on youtube i just don't um because the things that i talk about are very controversial to them um and all i'm doing is just reading headlines and telling you how they relate to bible prophecy but uh when it comes to the mainstream media and to the powers of them that be uh yeah i'm not very good at the ichnay on the whatever nay i'm just not very good at that um i just tell you like it is guys but anyway uh lots of demonic satan pagan worship uh, worship in uh europe and here this is just a prime example of one uh, you guys can go and check that out. I'm sure you just Google it. Boom, you're going to be there. Watchman on the Wall 88 on YouTube has it on his uh, one of his latest updates. Uh, go check it out. It's very demonic. But anyway, so it says the Birmingham, uh, Birmingham 2022 bull has become the biggest talking point of the games uniting Brummies and tourists alike with pride for the second city. 
However, the creators of the bull had warned that the beloved creature was said to be dismantled after the conclusion of the Commonwealth Games. But after a backlash from admirers of the Mechanical Animal Games, partners have agreed that the undoubted star of the opening ceremony will continue to reside in Centenary Square until the end of September. Folks, I can't make this stuff up. Can't make this stuff up. Uh, if you haven't checked out John Haller's uh, Prophecy Update from today, uh, August the 28th, go check that out. Lots of interesting things uh, about this bull is one of them. And among other things, he talked about some other good stuff too. Um, so right here is leoholman.com. Leoholman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com. Globalist death cult launches all-out war on the essential elements of life. You guys have got to go to his website and check out that video. Uh, I'll give you a little briefing on it. The globalist assault on life is ratcheting up and attacking from in all angles like never before. This should signal us that we are in the end times and the enemy has triggered his in-game scenario. In baseball, you always save your best pitcher for the last inning when you need to close the game out. That's what Satan is doing now. Amazingly, his minions actually think they can win, and they're throwing everything they've got at us, sending their best players and deceivers into positions. It's late in the game, folks. Late in the game. Go to Leo Holman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N dot com, and you can check out that article and video. I'm going to scroll down a little bit more, and it's Andy Woods. I know you guys hear about me talk about it a lot. Technocracy.news, right? Technocracy. Go check it out. The article is, uh, this what I'm going to read you about, is from Patrick, and it's accompanying, it's got the video, and this the video is from Mike Adams. Uh, it's about 17 minutes long, guys. If you want to go and watch that, I highly suggest you should. So the three most important elements that support life are oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. All are plentiful and all are working together along with energy from the sun. All of these are under massive attack around the world. Carbon dioxide is declared to be a pollutant and schemes are devised to bury it in the ground. The war is on carbon, but note the CO2 contains twice as many oxygen molecules as carbon. Without CO2, plants cannot grow, nor can they replenish oxygen necessary to breathe. Nitrogen is the most plenteous gas in the atmosphere, but it too is declared to be a pollutant. Without nitrogen, agricultural comes to a screeching halt, potentially creating famines of epic magnitude. Yet, global warming death cultists are trying to take away or nitrogen fertilizers from farms and ranches all over the world folks you got to watch this video to believe it you gotta watch the video oh goodness so what else do we have going on today i just mm, tell you what i can't believe it i cannot believe it and i did talk about the fastest growing view of end times prophecy in the church today but it's wrong talked about that yesterday and that was an article by jonathan brittner uh you know guys go check that out one good thing there was a fire at a mississippi church burned to the ground but the hundred year old historic bible survived how awesome is that that is fantastic and here is an article uh, on crosswalk it says nine reasons uh we know christ is returning and i'm just going to go give you some bullets we're going to run down these guys pretty darn fast okay now this article is from john MacArthur. And you can find it at uh, gracetou.org or you can go to crosswalk.com to check it out. 
So scripture is neither vague nor equivocal on the promise of Christ's return. So uh, a large portion by some accounts, as much as one fifth of scripture is prophetic. And perhaps a third or more of the uh, prophetic passages refer to the second coming of Christ or events related to it. It's undeniably a major theme in the prophecy of both Old and New Testament. So this uh, article is by John MacArthur. So here are nine reasons from scripture uh, uh, which you can know that Christ is coming again. So number one is the promise of God demands it. So, of course, that is the Old Testament is full of messianic promise. That promise is its main focus from beginning, which is Genesis to end Malachi. The entire Old Testament is filled with prophecies of the coming deliverer, at least 333 promises by one count so it goes on to say more than a hundred prophecies dealing with the first advent of christ all of them were fulfilled precisely and literally his riding on a donkey the parting of his garments the piercing of his hands and feet and the vivid prophecies of his rejection by men in isaiah 53 all these might have been interpreted symbolically by Old Testament scholars before Christ, but the New Testament records repeatedly reports that such things were fulfilled in the most literal sense so that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And so, folks, you can read those scriptures if you go there to check it out. So, scripture says God cannot lie and that he will not change his mind. Numbers 23, 19 and Titus 1, 2. What he has promised, he will do. The truthfulness of the Bible is at stake in the second coming. Number two, the teaching of Christ demands it. Christ's earthly teaching was filled with references to his second coming, Matthew 24 and Luke 21. When he was on trial for his life, Jesus defended his own deity with a bold declaration of the second coming in the most triumphant terms. He told the high priest, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. That's Mark 14, 62. On the night of his betrayal, Christ told the disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Not only is the credibility of God at stake in the second coming, but so is the credibility of his son. If Jesus doesn't return, he's a liar. You can find that scripture at John 14, uh, verses 2 through 3. And that's my favorite verse in the entire Bible. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also in the way you know. I love that. Love it. Anyway, uh, the third is the testimony of the Holy Spirit demands it. Since God cannot lie, Titus 1, 2, his promise guarantees Christ's return. Jesus is truth incarnate, John 14, 6. So his teaching also infallible confirms the fact of the second coming. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, who is called the Spirit of Truth, John 14, 17 and 15, 26, also testifies of the second coming of Christ through the New Testament writers. Whether the Apostle Paul in the, or the Apostle Peter or the Apostle John again and again through the inerrant scriptures, the Holy Spirit adds his witness to that of the Father and the Son. Jesus is coming. You can check out those scriptures there in that article. 1 Corinthians uh, chapters 1, verse 4 through 7, Philippians uh, 3.20, Colossians 3.4, and 1 Thessalonians 4.16 through 17. You can also check it out at 1 Peter 1.13, 1 Peter 5.4, 2 Peter 3, 1 John 3.2. 
How awesome is that, folks? Number four, the program for the church demands it. God is currently taking from among the Gentiles of people for his name, Acts 15, 14, and gathering his election to one great body, the church. The church's role is to be like a pure bride for God's own son, ready to be presented to him at his second coming. Paul uses that wedding imagery in 2 Corinthians 11, 2. I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. Marriage is a beautiful metaphor that pictures Christ's love and care for his church. Matthew 25, Ephesians 5, 25-27, and Revelation 19, 6-9. And that's why we can be certain he will return for to claim her, just as he promised in John 14, 2-3. He will come back to get his bride. Number five, the corruption in the world demands it. The world is a very wicked place. And when the, and when the Son of Man comes in the glory of his Father with his angels, he will recompense every man according to his deeds, Matthew 16, 27. An hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. That's John 5, 28-29. That blessed hope of every believer, which is Titus 2.13, is the terror of the world. For unbelievers, his coming means immediate impartial judgment. 1 Thessalonians 1.7-10 and Jude 1.14-15. Revelation 19.11-16. says, For believers, unmitigated joy. Jesus must return in order to execute just retribution on sinners and carry out the judgment he has promised. Number six, the future of Israel demands it. So in Paul's day, Gentiles were coming into the church in greater numbers than Jewish converts. In Romans 11, Paul reminded them, you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich fruit or the rich root of the olive tree. But the time is coming when the natural branches will be grafted back into the olive tree. And, uh, a phenomenon that Paul expressly connected with the return of Christ. That is the day when Israel will mourn over the one whom they pierce, which is Zechariah 12.10, and God will save them all, Romans 11.26. Number seven, the vindication of Christ demands it. It is inconceivable that the last public view the world would have of Christ Jesus would be that of a bleeding, dying, crucified criminal covered with blood, spit, and flies hanging naked in the Jerusalem twilight. Do you realize that after his resurrection, he appeared in a public venue before unbelievers? Plenty of believers saw him, touched him, spoke to him, and gave unanimous testimony that he was risen from the dead. But there is no record that un that unbelievers ever saw him. But the unbelieving world will see his glory displayed to everyone. Scripture says, Christ also, having been, offered, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. Hebrews 9, 28 and Matthew 24, 27. The Savior who was humiliated, taunted, and put to death in a public display of humanity's hatred of God will return as a conquering Lord in view of the entire world. Luke 21, 25 through 27. And every eye will see him. And that is Revelation 7, or I'm sorry, Revelation 1, verse 7. Number eight, the destruction of Satan demands it. Satan, though in already defeated foe, as far as Christians are concerned, still exercises the kind of dominion over this world. John 12, 31, John 14, 30, and John 16, 11, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 
Ephesians 2, 2, and Ephesians 6, 12, 1 John 5, 19. But Christ is the only rightful ruler of this world, and when he returns, he will overthrow and destroy Satan completely. In Revelation 5, when Christ receives the seven-sealed scroll, the title deed of the earth, he unleashes judgment with the crack of each seal, Revelation 6. The sealed judgments give way to the judgment of the seven trumpets, Revelation 8. The trumpet judgments lead to the judgment of the seven bowls, Revelation 16. Finally, after one last-ditch effort by Satan to retain his unlawful dominion over the earth, Christ himself returns to vanquish the foe. He chains him, casts him into a bottomless pit, and finally confines him to an eternal lake of fire, Revelation 19. With that, Christ's victory over Satan, the usurper, is complete. Number nine, the hope of the saints demands it. Only Christ's glorious triumphant return can fulfill the hope of the saints. Every true believer longs for that day. Paul characterized Christians as those who love his appearing, 2 Timothy 4, 8. The apostle John says, Now we are children of God and has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, 1 John 3, 2. The return of Christ will instantly usher in the usher in the fullness of our glorification john then adds these words and everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure this is the test of a healthy eschatology is your hope a sanctifying influence on your soul are you looking beyond the commotion of this world with the realization that you could soon meet christ face to face and are you preparing your heart and soul for that are you eager and watchful are you filled with joyful hope and expectation? This is the attitude to which scripture calls us. The second coming is not supposed to make you stop what you're doing to wait for the Lord's return. And neither should it motivate you to focus all your attention on the events and political developments of this world. Instead, it should prompt you to holiness as you direct your heart towards Christ, whose coming every believer anticipates with joy. So, folks. Mm -mm -mm. go out there and man i tell you what tell the world about jesus and what he's done for you i'm wine what are we waiting for you know the bible says when that last person hears the gospel and that last person hears the gospel was when christ yanks us out of here what more motivation do you need than to tell everybody about the lord jesus christ folks with that I just want to jump on uh, just to give a couple headlines and just to bring some encouragement to you guys. Um, I hope that's what my ministry does is just bring encouragement. You know, I know some of the headlines that I talk about are, are, are sometimes frightening, you know, and living in the end times is, you know, is not without, you know, it's concern, right? We should, you know, rightfully be concerned these days and ages. And we don't know uh, how long we're going to be here. We could be here for a, a while. And like I've been saying for a long time, I know you guys, if you've been listening to me while, you're going to know exactly what I'm about to say here. You better get you some food. <laughs> get you some food. Yeah. So, um, you know, if y'all had been stocking up, when I told y'all, it was a whole lot cheaper back then. But anyway, I'd get it while you still can. Start stocking up. Because, um, you know, it's not only for yourself, but you have neighbors, you have elderly neighbors. I know every one of you probably has an elderly person that you're thinking of right now. Or somebody that's maybe a single mother, or maybe you know a, a couple that has kids and they can't afford it. 
um, to, you know, with energy bills and with everything else going on, stuff's going to get really, really, really tight, folks. And um, so not only stock up for yourself, but stock up for those that you can help. Um, that's the whole the whole reason for that. And, uh, you know, energy bills are going to get high. And so if you guys don't have quilts, let me tell you something. Get your butt to the Goodwill and get you some quilts. Uh, get some get some blankets, get some quilts. Terracotta. Now, I know a lot of people have done these little terracotta things. And I, I kind of looked into that last year. And um, I do. Another thing I want to tell you guys about uh, alcohol burners. Um, alcohol uh, the fuel was pretty cheap a while back. I don't know what it is now, but I, you know, I got some last year, but you can put these alcohol burners and you can actually build a thing with bricks. You can put, I mean, it's kind of cool. There are all kinds of stuff on YouTube to show you how to do that. And those bricks will retain heat for a very, very long time. And so I kind of like the terracotta plants do too, but the bricks really do, um, retain that heat. So, you know, I know, over in Europe right now and in Germany and all this stuff going on in the UK that energy prices are out of control and, and they're only going to get worse. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not sure what you guys' winters are like. Um, I know that I've seen some stuff, especially in Russia, boy, oh my gosh, it's freezing up there. And so I'm not real for sure, but you guys, but you might, I mean, I wouldn't say might, I would definitely start looking in to, cause I know you got a lot of them up there. I was looking you, you also use coal, like, you still heat your homes with actual coal. I was like, whoa. Um, there was, like, lines for that. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. So, yeah, everybody has different ways to heat their home. And I do believe I saw some on Russia like that. There's a channel on there this this girl was doing. She's not doing it now. But, um, anyway, find you some uh, alternative ways to heat your home. Um, solar is not probably going to say, not going to help you out a whole lot during the wintertime. Um, but there's alcohol. Uh, there's butane, uh, propane, you got the little buddy heaters. Um, another thing is inside your home, um, uh, close it off down to one room. You know, if you can, um, I would suggest doing that probably your innermost room to conserve, you know, most of the, your heat, you can actually get a tent and put a tent up inside of your home and you can live inside the tent. Cause the more layers that you have, you know, cause if you think about it in your home, you're having to heat the entire home. Um, bring it down to one room, you're technically only heating that one room. And uh, if you've ever gone camping, you know, inside the tent, you can kind of keep that somewhat warm. But if you're inside a home, you have the tent inside your home, it's going to be a lot easier um, to keep just that area in the tent warm. I tried this last year uh, and it worked. So it did work. And so um, just look into some alternative ways to do that. Um, you know, look into some alternative food. Cause if you, I mean, now think about, it. I know a lot of people that are buying beans and rice and all this stuff, which is good. I mean, that's understandable, but what you're going to think about, you're going to have to have a fuel source to heat those beans and rice. Unless you like some folks, you can, I can eat corn out of a can. <laughs> I'm an old farm girl, but, um, you know, most people, if you're, if you're buying the dry beans, like the dry goods, you're going to have to cook that. And so you need to realize how much butane or propane or, you know, whatever you're going to use to do that, even just wood, how much that's going to take to heat that stuff, to boil it, to cook it. Okay. Um, so look into some different things, you know, ways to, ways to cook and that cast iron is fantastic. It may take a little longer to heat up the cast iron, but once you do, that retains that heat. Uh, so just a lot of stuff, just get out there and there's a whole ton of prepper videos out there i do like mama bear prepper um she's great she's got a um 
a discord channel is too um, there's a lot of information on her discord channel boo coos all of us are like posting stuff that you know um everything you can think about also like i told you guys the other night um just because you have you, you have the information on your laptop or or you have the recipes or whatever in your laptop like whatever well, let me tell you some of the emp strike kits um solar flares from the sun the bible is very particular about what's going to happen it's like we don't have to guess we don't have to guess we know what's going to happen because god told us what was going to happen in his words so we see the beginning of these things dare i say we're heading right towards it i mean things are happening so fast that we're already looking at the worldwide famine by next year so folks pestilence all this stuff just like he said was going to happen we see the beginning of it now we don't know how long we're going to be here as believers and some of you guys that do listen to this program i know you're non-believers so i'm telling you the bible says you better get prepared you better get prepared um you know our faith is not like look i'm not saying put your faith in your food supply or anything like that put your faith in god god gave us wisdom look he said be like the ant right be like the ant don't be lazy don't be be like the ant prepare yourself what does the ant do in the winter they're always bringing food down to their little right okay so anyway uh be smart about it that's all i'm saying is be smart about it um get your stuff write it down on paper write it down on paper buy actual books you know those things with paper <laughs> you know you remember what they are <laughs> anyway get you some get get books uh get the know-how write down some recipes you know plan ahead on what you're going to eat what you're going to do make sure all your stuff works make sure all i know you might have bought little buddy heaters you might have bought all this stuff and put it away right i'm telling you uh i bought some flashlights too and i went to go test them out they didn't work they didn't work at all and i'm like oh wow so do that right now check out all your stuff that you've bought that you're planning on using you know when something happens when all this goes down make sure it all works another thing is make sure you know where it's at i'm real bad about that my stuff is so unorganized so i'm preaching to the choir here get everything organized get it all in one spot you know where it's at anyway guys i'm totally gonna get off of here now um but anyway like i always say get in the word of god let the word of god get into you and maranatha lord jesus maranatha my prayer for all of you is and in myself as well as that god would would keep his focus heavenly father uh lord god i lift up you know all the listeners that are listening to this program right now father god i just ask god that you would bless them and keep them and father i would pray that you would give them wisdom father god to live in these days these end days that you told us about father you have us here for a reason and lord god i pray that you would let each and every person know what that reason is that you have us here for that we would glorify you that our lives will bring glory to you father god and that would you would use us with the gifts that you have given us that the holy spirit has given us that you would use us and and that we would use the gifts that you have given us to bring glory to you father no matter what that is father god i pray for all the believers over in the middle east and in china and in north korea father god and australia 
all over the world, God, in India, Lord, especially those who are in hostile countries. Father God, I ask, God, that you would protect them supernaturally, Lord, and that you would give them boldness, God, to preach your word. And Father God, I pray that there would be many, many multitudes that would come to Christ, that would come to Christ during these days while there is still time. Father God, I, I just thank you for all that you've done for me and all that you've done for the listeners. And Father God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And Father, I just thank you for everything. And I ask you these things in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen.